Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Cape Sports Now, the Cape Cod Times weekly podcast covering all things Cape Cod high school sports. I'm Matt Goisman alongside Steve Derdarian. Steve, it was April vacation week last week, an abbreviated kind of light schedule, but now things are cranking right back up and we're right back in it. Yeah, it's very interesting. You talk to different teams. Some coaches like playing on breaks. Some others hate it because they're missing parts of their team, big chunks of their team. Mm-hmm. I mean, generally speaking, everyone's going to be missing someone here sure. or another. But um, kids are some, going on college visitations. Some people like, yeah, some people like it. You get to play the games nice and early. Um, I feel like in a way, everyone's a little bit more relaxed and not worried about school. So. I guess it's all in the eye of the beholder, but definitely some interesting results coming mm-hmm. out of this past week. For sure. Well, we had a lot of baseball, especially. We had a lot of softball played, some lacrosse, some big tournament wins and tournament runs for uh, local lacrosse teams. We'll kick it off with baseball. As we've been doing the last few weeks, we're going to go with our kind of best game, best player format, looking back, and then each sport will try to preview a few games ahead of time, too. So the best game last week for baseball, I, I picked Sandwich beating East Bridgewater 8-7 in eight innings. Bourne also had an 8-7 extra innings win over Case last week, which is a huge game for them as a South Coast Conference game for them. So that really matters for their final standings and, and their playoff feasibility, things like that. But I went with this one just because Sandwich had lost to East Bridgewater on Wednesday. So then they turn around and win it in extra innings two days later. This was at Fenton Field, their home field, on Bob Fenton Day, which – Bob Fenton is the namesake of the field. He was the Blue Knights host uh, head coach for 37 years, something like that, like close to four decades. He, was a, he came here first for the Cape Cod Baseball League and in, like I think, 63, and then basically came back a year later, became the head coach, and stayed until, I think, like 2000. So very, very emotional win for them. That included scoring three runs in the bottom of the seventh just to get it to the eighth inning. Obviously, Wes Horan... He scored the winning run on a wild pitch. He pinch ran for Luca Ribari. But that bottom of the seventh, when you have Jacob Lapp with a double, Cam Scheuer walks, Col- Nate Coleman doubles in Jacob Lapp, and then Mike Petit ties the game with a single. He had a good pitching performance from John Trope. He had to start. He had eight strikeouts in four innings before he got hit by a line drive. Hopefully he recovers quickly. And then Tyler Whitaker, who's really becoming one of their better relief pitchers, you know, three shutout relief innings, pretty good. Um, these are also, this is also a game between two divisions, three South teams. Uh, you know, East Bridgewater was the five seed last year. Sandwich was the seven. Uh, they never faced off, but there were only two wins that separated them. So these kind of moments, these are when Sandwich can prove how good it really is, whether it's really capable of the kind of deep playoff run I know all these seniors think they're capable of. No, absolutely. And, and the other thing, too, is, you know, when you look at not wanting to lose three in a row, I mean, it was tough. The DY loss, was, they got one hit, right? Then you go into East Bridgewater, and you kind of get your doors blown in for the first time this year. Because so, they have Levangi, who's, right. you know, the son of the, the bullpen coach at the right. Red Sox, and, it's just, and is, is a D1 commit. So Right, but at the same time, you know, with a team that started out so strongly, definitely mm-hmm. not losing three in a row is a big one. So, I mean, For to sure. get some confidence coming back at the end of that week, I think kind of course corrects a little bit, gets them back on the right track because I certainly think Sandwich can earn a high seed. And maybe this is a preview of, of a playoff game down the road. It's just going to be a so. matter of, you know, where these two teams end up seed-wise. Absolutely. Another team that had a big week last, uh, this past week was Barnstable. Uh, and they had my, my player of the week, which was Nick Caprio, their shortstop. You know, during April vacation, Barnstable, they played Falmouth and Dennis Yarmouth, two of their biggest local rivals, even if they're not conference opponents. Uh, And then they played Pittsfield, which is a school from way out in Western Mass, like Berkshire area. 
I think it's like exit two or exit East, one. East New York in some uh, terminology. In a lot of ways, yeah. I went to summer camp out there. And Beautiful there's... area, don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah, and the Berkshires in the spring or the summer, if you're out there, check it out. It's real nice. But, you know, that game didn't quite go their way, but Barnstable still went two and one against those teams. It snapped a losing streak. Uh, it was kind of, I think they needed this week to start to feel a little bit stronger and more confident in themselves. And Caprio was one of the best. He was six for nine in 12 plate appearances. He got on base three additional times via two walks, and he got hit by a pitch. Four runs scored, two RBIs, two stolen bases. Helped turn two double plays at shortstop, which is good because defense has been Barnstable's biggest issue so far this season. I I think Coach Dave Foraker would agree with me there. Um, You know, this new lineup that they have where you've got Matt Klett leading off, Caprio hitting second, and then it kind of tends to go like Ryan Proto third, Joe Yelmokas, Colby Burke, and then kind of Mike Meager in that sixth spot. Excuse me. That's really – it didn't work against Pittsfield, but it's looking a lot stronger as a lineup, and I think Caprio is really benefiting from it along with a bunch of other players. Obviously, Ryan Proto is hitting extremely well, and I think the move has helped him uh, as well. But Cap, great week for him, and, and uh, hopefully he can keep that up. Uh, this week. Yeah, it's very interesting with Barnstable and, and not to compare because these are two completely different sports, but it almost reminds you a little bit when we were talking the winter about Barnstable hockey, right? There was mm-hmm. just all these different sort of line combinations Yeah, really still tinkering, uh, really uh, right up to the end of the regular season, mm-hmm. what their lineups are going to be, and I think this is the same thing with baseball, is they're still trying to find what that right combination is with Proto, as you mentioned, and Capu who can really kind of plug in anywhere in the lineup. He's going to do his best to get on base for you, so um, I- it's certainly... Uh, you know, a long way from being determined mm-hmm. what that kind of official lineup is going to be. And obviously it also depends on who's pitching that day. Um, so, yeah, I'm very interested to see kind of where he ends up when that lineup kind of starts to settle a little bit because clearly um, concrete hasn't dried on that yet. For sure. Although I, I think probably unless they go through a, a bunch of games in a row where they stop hitting, they'll probably ride this this form out for a while. I mean, some of what I think this was is just – you know, Dave Foraker came in a situation where all this, so the assistant coaches were back, so there was a lot of institutional memory about what had been done in the past. Ryan Proto had been their leadoff hitter for two or three years in a row, and it was kind of everybody just assumed that was going to continue. And this is the benefit sometimes of bringing in a new coach every couple of years is they may have a completely different perspective on what works or what doesn't work. So far, this new one with him third and, and kind of just building from the middle out has worked. He could shake it up again if they if their offense goes cold, but if they can hit the way they did against, especially Falmouth and DY, where they scored, it was 11 runs against Falmouth and six against DY, uh, and they jumped out to big leads early, I think they'll stick with that for as long as they can. Yeah, absolutely. So um, certainly want to get on to this week's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. matchup. Certainly, as every week we talk about, it's, it's really all about that ACL when you look at the top to bottom. Because it's the best baseball conference <laughs> that features Cape teams. I absolutely, mean, yeah, no, so... Certainly a matchup we're going to be looking at. DY is going to be at Marshfield on Wednesday. DY looking to bounce back at a very close um, rally against Barnesball. Yeah, a little bit short this past week. Um, they're also going to host uh, – or excuse me. Noss is, host Sam, Noss is going to host Sandwich at Eldridge Park in Orleans. Certainly that was a good matchup last year. I believe mm-hmm. Sandwich uh, clinched the ACL title there last year yep. mm-hmm. on the road. So um, certainly Tyler Whitaker hit a, a home run, maybe a grand slam, but definitely a homer real late in the game, and that was kind of what, what – put the game away there. You know, I didn't, I saw Marshfield a couple of weeks ago against Falmouth and they were look kind of overmatched. So I'm starting to think maybe this is a four team race for the ACL. Um, I could be wrong about that, but most of the teams, I think Marshfield doesn't have a league win yet. So 
I think very clearly maybe they're going to wind up last this year. So DY, I expect, will win that game. Sandwich, Nosset, I really don't know. Um, but that sets up a lot of interesting situations going into Friday when DY is at Falmouth. Uh, I believe the last time those two teams played, it was, I think, a one-run game. So very close, much tougher game. And again, you know, it's just a rotating a, a schedule of who is going to wind up atop these standings. And this is another week that's going to shake out things a little bit, but there's still more games to go. So it's still too early to say. We've kind of seen all these teams when you look at yeah. more, more so Sandwich, Nosset, and Falmouth. We've kind of all seen them stumble at one point or another this mm-hmm. year. Maybe Sandwich a little less so because, as you mentioned, that East Bridgewater won. That's a bit of an exception to the rule. But right. we saw Nosset kind of get blown out by Needham, which is a very talented Division One team, kind of been a mainstay there. Um, we've seen Falmouth get blown out by Barnstable yep. you know, just this past week. So, I, I mean, these teams are taking their licks a little bit, but again, a lot of times they're bunching up a little bit. So, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it's who's going to be in best position come the end of May heading into June for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I agree. it's still a little too early to jump to too many conclusions, but certainly, um, you know, it's been up and down for some of these teams. And I, I think whoever starts to find a rhythm, play a little bit more consistently, get on base more consistently, is going to come up on the top of the of the leaderboard at the end of the and season. And whoever's pitching staff solidifies mm-hmm. the most, which is why I'm still leaning towards either Sandwich or DY, just because I think whether it's Dylan Ryan and John Tropia with Sandwich or uh, DY with Charlie McCaffrey is kind of their best pitcher, and then either go Taubert or, or, or Duffy or whoever else is your second guy. I, those are the two teams, I think, in the ACL yeah. that have the best rotation. Um, another team that's playing real well that's got a big game uh, today, if it's still going on, we've seen some cancellations. I believe it's been postponed. Has it? Okay, yeah. so uh, Upper Cape Baseball, they were going to play South Shore of Oak today. Uh, they are currently in, the Rams are currently in second place in the Mayflower Athletic Conference. They have a big game coming up next Monday against Old Colony, who is the no- number one in the conference right now. Uh, that's going to be at Doran Park. So, you know, this is a big week for them. Riley Thornell playing really well for Upper Cape. They made the Rotary Park Championship last week, but then unfortunately couldn't finish it against uh, Greater New Bedford Voke. Um, they need to defense, I think, kind of is what cost them in that one. They had some issues allowing unearned runs late that let that cost them their lead. Uh, but they are also, I think, one of the strong teams on the Cape. I think Division Four is going to be very strong again for Cape qualifiers. So uh, we'll see what Upper Cape can do this week. Yeah, absolutely. So... What a little bit of softball. We didn't have a lot of softball last this past week. No, we didn't. And there weren't a lot of like real competitive games in which the Cape team won. You had Bourne losing to Somerset Berkeley 6-2. That was probably the closest game other than the, the, the two games Boston Latin Academy played against Nosset. I'll get to those in a minute. Um, but So the best game I went with uh, was Dennis Yarmus 13, Pembroke 0. Not a, a not the most kind of a lopsided game, but DY did play really well. Abby Hicks pitched a one hitter. She is really, you know, even in a way that she wasn't last year. I think has really stepped up as the ace of that of that pitching staff. Or, I mean, she's kind of their everyday pitcher. And I think there's not that cloud kind of last year. DY of at least started be, with yeah. a Nasset approach. So I, I or who's going to be the or the two headed approach? So right. they kind of know. Uh, yeah, like you said, Hicks is coming into each game knowing that she's going to pitch in one way or another. Yeah. Maybe if it's a blowout or something like that, somebody else is going to come in to finish out the game. But she's going to start, and it's right. going to rest in the on big her. games, right? So, and it's definitely uh, some, and she's definitely risen to that responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, Evan McGaffigan uh, in that Pembroke game got on base four times, four steals, four runs scored. Great production all over the lineup. Again, we've talked about that every week. But Jesse Frisch and Phoebe Holmes 
uh, really drove the offense in that one. So each of the last four games, D.Y. has scored in double digits. Obviously, all wins. It's very hard to score double digits in softball and lose, um, although Nossett did twice. Uh, so, you know, I, I think D.Y. is probably playing really, really well right now. We'll see what happens when they face some tougher opponents. Uh, but, you know, definitely the kind of game you want to win if you're D.Y. as you head into a big week which we'll get into in a couple of minutes. Uh, my player of the week was Olivia Fitzgerald from Nossett. Um, I talked up D.Y. enough. Nossett played Boston Latin Academy in a doubleheader last Thursday. Those were Nossett's only games. Nossett lost 19-11 and 13-12, but Fitzgerald had two home runs. She homered once in each game. Those two hits alone were good for five RBIs, two runs scored. I think Nossett, you know, it's been a tough start to the season for them, but hopefully Fitzgerald can ride the momentum of those last games into uh, their next game, which was going to be against Cape Tech, but that maybe also has been uh, postponed. A lot of this, these decisions were made 10 minutes before we went on the air, basically. Yeah, a lot of stuff uh, for Monday today has been uh, postponed, but obviously with the rain, so hopefully they can patch those fields up for this week because, it, again, there's a lot, of, a lot of good games coming up. Yeah, and it, you know, we've had, what is this now, the third day of in the spring of major rain uh, postponements, maybe the fourth that starts to build up. I mean, that mm. gets real tough. Uh, so hopefully they can get over it uh, quickly, and whoever Nasa plays next, Fitzgerald, can just keep it going. Uh, in terms of big games this week, we'll start with the Cape and Islands. One of the best games of the year by far. Uh, this Tuesday at 4 p.m. Monday is at Nantucket. Um, if I was Aquaman and didn't need to take the ferry because I always get seasick, I would probably try to just swim over and cover this game myself. This is two undefeated Cape and Islands League teams squaring off for the first time this season. This is... Molly Charest with the Sharks versus Madeline Lamb with the Whalers. This is two teams that have blown out basically every team that they've played this season. And I think this is going to be really fun. This is what decided the Cape and Islands last year. Uh, these are two really good teams uh, that could meet in the playoffs too. I think this is, this is definitely one of the ones you put a, a bullet point next to on uh, the calendar. Yeah, well, the good news is that you'll most likely get to cover the rematch when they come back tomorrow. One would hope, yeah. <laughs> But beside the point, certainly the big key for Nantucket is going to be keeping Monomoy off the board early. I yes. think if they're going to have any chance of winning this game, Lamb's going to have to put up a few zeros mm -hmm. in the early going, let that off and sneak you know, a few runs in. And if you can grab a lead early on, that's great. But it's very difficult to play against Monomoy from behind. We've seen it in years past. When Monomoy scores that first run, usually teams aren't able to fight back. So, In part because Charest is such a good strikeout pitcher right. that it's very hard to string back-to-back -back just balls in play. Mm -hmm. And if you're just striking out, you know, even if you get on base, if you then give up the next out and the runner can't advance at all, that's really hard to string run, runs together on you know two base hits or two two just balls put in play in the entire inning. And that's, that may all be all uh, Charest gets you. Uh, we also... DY, as we talked about, they are in a real good position to, uh, to set themselves up to win the ACL basically this week uh, because they have Marshall on Wednesday and Falmouth on Friday. And if they win both, that gives them a sweep of Falmouth and puts them on an easy path to, at worst, a 7-1 final record in the standings, which would be enough to win it because Marshall and Falmouth already have league losses on the books. So if they lose these games, they would then have two. DY would win it, which is, I'm sure, what their first goal is. You know, this is going to come down to Abby Hicks. Probably she pitches both of those games. Uh, we've talked about all the offensive players who have played really well for them. Hopefully they keep it up. For Falmouth in particular, it's going to take a great outing for Molly Bruce, which she did against DY in the Cape Cod Showdown last year. Uh, Grace Kwan, Maeve Cutter, Charlotte Sylvia, they have all been hitting really well for the Clippers. 
Uh, they hit really well against Barnstable last week. Barnstable is not as good a team as DY is, though. Uh, but for them to have any success, those players, I think, are going to have to step up for Falmouth. Yeah, certainly a big week for DY. And, and last year, they lost, they squandered an early lead to Marshfield. Mm-hmm. So certainly um, they want to get that one on track. But the fact that Falmouth went on the road and beat Marshfield early in this year yeah. should be an encouraging sign. If you can take care of business this week, like you said, I could see them being on the right path to win the ACL because. I don't think Nossett or Sandwich is going to be able to slow down D.Y. at that point. No, I don't see Nossett or Sandwich uh, winning their, their remaining games against D.Y. You know, even a split is okay. Um, what you don't want to do is give up both of them if you're D.Y. If you have two, then at best you're probably looking at a tie because I, I don't see either Falmouth or Marshfield losing three league to, uh, total league games. It could happen, but mm-hmm. I doubt it does. Right. No, absolutely. Should be a good week. Yeah. We'll switch it over to girls lacrosse. Uh, what was your game of the week? Yeah, certainly uh, Martha's Vineyard making a huge yeah. statement with a 15-7 to win over Falmouth. I'm mean, certainly Falmouth in the same firepower as last year, but even last year you saw that strong Falmouth team just hold off Martha's Vineyard by a goal in overtime. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a very, very interesting matchup. Again, happened during vacation, but I, for the most part, I'm pretty sure everyone was accounted for. But, you know, again, the Vineyards kind of proved they're for real. They, they beat Falmouth Academy the week prior and then beating Falmouth a few days later. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty convincing for me. I mean, first off, they held Quinn O'Rourke, you know, most likely bound to play at uh, the D2 level, the three mm-hmm. goals. So huge kudos to that defense that was so solid against Falmouth Academy and keeping Ainsley Ramsey in check. Um, then you had Addie Heyman, four goals, seven assists, really distributing the ball well. Um, and carrying the offense as usual. You know, she has 25 goals through six games, so she may not reach 100 again in mm-hmm. the regular season. But, you know, Luis McDonald, who had five against Falmouth, Skylar Hothcock, who had four against Falmouth, and Abby Marchand, who had two against Falmouth, mm-hmm. they've certainly done their part in lifting that offense up and, and doing a good job of, um, you know, playing well in transition, getting those quick goals, and getting mm-hmm. up on their opponents pretty early and, and stringing together scoring runs, you know. And lacrosse, you don't talk about You can get behind. It's a game you can catch up pretty easily. But if you can put on a huge scoring run and hold your opponents down, oh, yeah. it's very hard to rally late in games when you're up by four or five goals mm-hmm. and you're in possession of the ball and you kind of control everything. So Especially because girls lacrosse, there's no... In boys lacrosse, there's kind of a shot clock, sort of. But girls lacrosse, I think you can just hold it indefinitely if you need to. Well, boys lacrosse, you have to get it in the zone for a certain amount of time, the offensive zone right. in a certain amount of time. Um, but, but once really, you're there, some you ways can, hold you can it kind of hold it pretty much you know, okay. until somebody tries to start swinging at you and <laughs> knock well, the ball out. <laughs> well, then, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, again, the Vineyard certainly is impressed so far. I mean, they still got to go through another round of Cape and Islands games. But certainly uh, they've, I think, proven that they're the team to beat throughout the Cape and Islands. So, um, you know, we'll see how that pans out the rest the rest of the year. Um, oh, excuse me. The team to beat in the Cape and Islands League. I don't want to take anything away from Sandwich because they've certainly strung together an impressive season. Definitely. Um, my favorite player from this past week, I think, was Maddie Daly from Nossett. It's just five, been incredible. This. Yeah. She had five goals against Barnstable, uh, four against Bourne earlier that week, um, helping the Warriors to a pair of wins. Um, Melissa Eddy, again, as we've talked about on this show, very strong in the midfield. She had six goals against Bourne. But what really impressed me about Daly, I mean, she's on pace for over 60 goals. and She had 58 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to talk a little bit with her, and she just seems like a very down-to-earth kid, someone who just goes out there. You can, She just puts her head down and plays mm-hmm. and does whatever you need her to do. You know, she's strong on draw controls, getting that possession for Nossett. It's a very tough player to mark. And, um, you know, she's one of these seniors who, at the end of the season, that's it. She's not playing at the next level. She's going to Division One Fairfield next year, but not going to play. She might play club, she said, but mm-hmm. she's not going to play at the Division One level. So 
these seniors, of which there are 12 of them, are very motivated, certainly. And, um, you know, this is really the last kind of competitive stage for, for these players, too, in, in a sense. So um, they're certainly tired of getting pushed around around the ACL against the, the sandwiches and the Marshfields of the world. So I think this is a very motivated, uh, very determined team to kind of take this program to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, though, in terms of games that we're looking at, certainly it's going to be a big test for Nosset. Uh, Sandwich is going to host them on Tuesday, and then uh, Sandwich is also hosting Marshall in a very big rematch on Thursday. Um, Sandwich opened up the season with a win at Marshfield and kind of set the tempo for this season. So um, this is going to be a big week for Sandwich, certainly. Um, Blue Knights are coming off a pair of losses to Situate and Hanover. Um, but if they can manage the sweep here, I think kind of like we talked about with uh, DY Softball, they could put mm-hmm. a real stranglehold on the ACL title. Kind of Sam Garossi versus Matty Daly, I feel like, in that sandwich Nossick game. Yeah, certainly. That's going to be great because a lot of times both of those players will take the draw controls. And, you know, Garossi kind of goes in and out depending on what the game situation is. But if those are the two taking the draws, I'm going to be very interested to see how those are split between. And um, I think whoever's going to get the more possessions is going to win this game. But certainly the, the big factor is going to be the goalies, too. I think mm-hmm. Sandwiches Morgan Howes and Nossett's Isabel Travers have both been outstanding this year. And in a head-to-head matchup, I'm really interested to see how that'll shake out. Um, but like I said, Sandwich coming off a pair of very tough, you know, pair yeah. of losses, but to a pair of very good opponents, I think this is a really crucial week for them. Because kind of like baseball, you don't want to lose three, four in a row because that kind of undercuts all that momentum you had out of the beginning of the season. I still think I'm leaning towards Sandwich in this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how that shakes out, you know, um, coming off a of vacation week, so... Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, another um, crucial thing this week, uh, Falmouth Academy's uh, after a week off, they're going to come back and play Cape Cod Academy on Tuesday mm-hmm. game. They should be able to win, but then it's a really big showdown on Thursday against St. John Paul, which is going to be really tested this week. I believe they're, I believe they're at, they're playing Martha's Vineyard on Tuesday, and then Thursday they got Falmouth Academy. So, kind of rubber meets the road for the Lions mm-hmm. this week. Um, and the Mariners, again, are going to try to regain some footing after falling to Martha's Vineyard, which I think, again, showed it's a real deal. Yeah, I, whatever Falmouth Academy can do against the rest of the Cape and Islands League, there's that rematch with Martha's Vineyard looming. And I think that's the only – I mean, all the games matter, but if they can't win that game, they have no chance of at least tying for the league title. Um, but they've got to pretty much, I think, win out because I don't see Martha's Vineyard losing to any other uh, Cape and Islands League teams, do you? No, no, not really. <laughs> in short, <Sorry. laughs> in short. Uh, but hey, look, it could happen. That's why you play the games, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. You know, but they—they're the newcomers to the Cape and Islands League. They're the biggest school. I think the size of their programs is benefiting them. Not in every sport, but in some. Uh, and I think this is definitely one of them. So we'll see if uh, somebody can step up and challenge them. Uh, if not, it's going to take Falmouth Academy winning out, including against Martha's Vineyard, and then maybe we'll have a tie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Um, Switch over to boys lacrosse yeah. now. So, you know, pretty easy choice for the best game over the week or this past week. Barnesville's 10-9 win yep. at Nosset um, in overtime, giving Barnesville, excuse me, a season sweep over Nosset. You know, these two teams had a little bit of animosity heading into the year. I think um, got a little heated in a couple off-season lacrosse sessions, but um, very interested to see these teams go head-to-head this year. I think in past years they'd scrimmage, um, but certainly two pretty evenly matched opponents at the whole when you look at it. And Nossett looked like it was going to pull out the victory in mm-hmm. the rematch. You know, in the first game, Nossett kind of led for the first quarter and a half before Barnstable pulled away. Um, this game, you know, Nossett had a 9-7 lead going into the fourth quarter, but 
Huge credit to Barnstable's defenders, including Charlie Hart, um, Eric Walberto, uh, Nick Catabriga, and James Bancroft. They shut out Noss at the rest of the way through the fourth quarter in overtime. Yeah. Barnstable got two goals, I believe, in the last three minutes. And then Jack Galvin, who's been outstanding for Barnstable this year, ended up with a winning goal. Mm-hmm. So um, that put Barnstable at 4-4, four and four, entering a big home showdown this week against Falmouth at 4 p.m. Friday. You know, and when you look at Noss, it's kind of a tough break for this team that just really just can't seem to get a big win. They're 3-5 and five this year, so, I mean, they're not out of it by any means. But, um, you know... Again, the Warriors have started strongly at times this year in games. They, they've just had a really hard time closing teams out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the difference in a lot, difference in a lot of these games. For, unfortunately for them, the schedule doesn't get a lot easier for Nossett. They're going to host Sandwich on, uh, on Tuesday, and then they're going to visit bridgewater Raynham on Thursday. So they're going to need full fourth-quarter efforts, or um, it's, it's uh, not looking good for them. So big key is going to be smart possessions and shot selections. And I think that starts with guys like Tyler Good, Chase Holm, uh, Luke Ventimiglia and Tate Sadawan in the, mm-hmm. in the midfield making those smart decisions. So I think all those guys are going to have to have a really big week and at least win one of these games to kind of you know, prove that they're still in the mix. Um, in terms of my favorite player from this past week, um, I thought Tim Ladner was incredible yeah. um, this past week. You know, He had surgery in the preseason on his meniscus. Um, fortunately, it wasn't season-ending end- uh, season for him. Um, but he, I got to see him Saturday. He was just incredible. You know, Sandwich gained possession on all, but I think one face-off mm-hmm. this past uh, against Bridgewater Raynham. He won 13 of 15 against Hull in a uh, Bridgewater Raynham tournament semifinal, and it was just an incredible performance Saturday against a very physical Division One Bridgewater Raynham yeah. squad. He even scored the game's first goal off a rebounded shot from Aiden Rogers, and then you know after Sandwich had taken a five nothing lead, he won a draw, like scooped it up. Went right down the middle of the field and scored like seven seconds later. So, um, just an incredible effort by him to just put Sandwich in control pretty much the whole way. And um, certainly, there's been a lot of guys who have been strong around him too. Guys like Charlie Chapman, who had three goals against BR. CJ Wiper had four, including mm-hmm. two late ones that kind of helped Sandwich put it away. But I'm really impressed with this Blue Knight squad because of the freshmen they have on the field too, and these guys who are getting experience with some of the better players that have come through Sandwich. You know, guys like Tim Souza, Jacob Sutton, um, Matt, Matt Giacomo, Dan Bader, Jesse Woodall, all those five freshmen were on the field at the end of the game against BR and going up against Division One competition and really holding its own, holding their own. I think it's a great sign that Sandwich is not only going to be good this year, but going into the future, this is a program that has a lot of depth and a lot of viability going forward. And um, if, if you ever question their toughness, they got wrestling coach Jerome Fay helping out the defense now. So <laughs> uh, there's no doubt the Blue Knights will be tough this year. And uh, I think Coach Faye's a nice little addition for that squad. For sure. Um, in terms of big games this week, uh, certainly um, goes no bigger than Nantucket. You know, just been incredible this year. They're 7-0. and um, They've outscored opponents 122-18 to this year. Just every game they just seem to dominate. But this is going to be a very interesting week. They're going to visit one-loss Monomoy at 4 p.m. Tuesday, and then they're going to play fellow undefeated squad Martha's Vineyard at 1 p.m. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Vineyard's only 3-0. They haven't played too much this year, but certainly that inter-island uh, rivalry is going to be a, uh, always fun to watch. So, um, You know, like I mentioned with the score difference, clearly Nantucket could be doing worse. I mean, mm-hmm. there's got to be obviously some restraint in sportsmanship there, so, you know. That's understandable on their part, but really impressed with Saturday's 16-4 win over Nosset, proving that, you know, if Nantucket played in the ACL, I bet you could kind of hold its own for a little bit. Probably, yeah. I mean, 
Marshfield, they wouldn't finish last, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, Marshfield's certainly been the team to beat. I mean, they beat up on Falmouth um, this past week. So, um, But, you know, looking at the win over Nossett, you know, Terrain Burton had five goals, two assists. You had four goals from Spencer West. Victor Gambaroni and Ty Harnish-Vega had three goals apiece. So very dynamic offense, a lot of familiar names. Those guys are just really great athletes. And um, really, I think for Nantucket, is just playing out the schedule and, you know, seeing what's, what seed they can get and what the playoff matchups are. All roads most likely are going to lead to uh, Cohasset and Norwell. Norwell scored some really impressive victories early on this year. Cohasset, I think, played BC high in its opener and only lost by a few goals. So those are clearly the cream of the crop of the Division Three, and I'm very, very interested to see if Nantucket can kind of get in that conversation of being a mainstay year mm-hmm. in and year out because they certainly have the talent to do so. Meanwhile, big local rivalry, rivalry Friday at four, right? Yeah, Falmouth at Barnstable. You know, this is very interesting. You know, Falmouth has dominated this series head to head over the past few years, but both of these teams entered this week at four and four. Now they might not. The records obviously change before they meet Friday, but mm-hmm. I think Falmouth really kind of has to make a statement and kind of reclaim some control of its season. I think it's underperformed in some ways. And, I mean, that's not necessarily on one person or anything like that. It's just they, they play a tough schedule. They've come up on some. And they've lost some others. But I think Colin Amid, I think, is going to be really key in this one, you know, to, to get things going, to be a leader, and just, you know, steer things in the right direction. And a win at Barnstable over a rival, I think, could really get things going for him. And then defensively, Faust, it's not going to be easy. I mean, defensively, Faust is going to have to manage Jack Galvin, who's been strong, Dylan Jones, and Will Martone, who have also been really good complementary goal scorers. But, you know, Jake Rosado, you know, UMass Lowell Bound will certainly have a lot to say with that. And uh, for Barnesville's side, you know, it's been quite a while since they've beaten Falmouth. So I think the seniors will be especially motivated to, to get a victory in this one. Mm-hmm. We'll wrap it up with a little bit of tennis. Uh, we got on Tuesday one of the big clashes in the Cape and Islands League. Uh, Sturgis West uh, against Martha's Vineyard. The boys are going to be at Martha's Vineyard at 3 p.m. The girls are going to be at Cape Cod Community College in West Barnstable at 4 p.m. Whichever team wins this one and the rematch later this season, that's probably your Cape and Islands League champion, you have to figure. No, absolutely. Um, Great showdown. Sturge Sweth, Martha's Vineyard doesn't get much better than that for the Cape and Islands. For tennis, yeah. Right. And, um, you know, when you look at Martha's Vineyard, I think they've been very strong at singles, as always. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the um, the one sing- very likely one singles match, you know Oliver Prantis of Sturgis West versus Chris Ferry at one singles should be a very good match to watch. I think Ferry might have a bit of an edge, especially since it's a home match for them. Um, third singles also be uh, interesting. Most likely uh, Saturday Knight of Sturgis going up against uh, Eric Rubens. Um, that should be a very good matchup. Um, I think the Vineyard's real weak point, I think, has been two doubles. Mm-hmm. So I think if Sturgis West has any shot to win, they're going to have to claim one, if not both, of these doubles matches. Um, so most likely that's going to be Jacob Martin and Nate Prickett from uh, Sturgis West. They've been the uh, second combo for most of the year. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to start with them getting that victory, and uh, we'll see what happens in singles. Yeah, I, I mean, especially because I think Spencer Pogue is pretty much a lock to win at second singles there. He's been on the varsity for two or three years now and has been really solid out of that spot. On the girls' side, you know, Sturgis West has – Six, they're six and zero. They're undefeated, just like the Vineyard. It, they've just been closer matches: two, three twos, a four one. You know, I, I've seen Martha's Vineyard some this season. Two doubles is where they're probably most vulnerable. But even then, I just don't see them giving up three points and, and losing this match. No, I mean, and same thing with the Vineyard girls. Their singles yeah. have just been rock solid. They're all state champions in one way or another. Yeah, so. pretty much. 
Um, Literally. I mean, they all won right. at singles at the state championship last spring. So, Right, but you never know. I mean, and look, that's why they play the matches, right? They're going to be at Cape Cod Academy 4 p.m. Tuesday. Um, I, I think the doubles teams for Sturgis West have all been very good. Mm -hmm. um, Sierra Belair and Emily Elio have usually played one doubles, while Elizabeth Elio and uh, Sydney Ahern have been pretty rock solid at uh, second doubles. So, you know, maybe they sweep the doubles, and even a 3-2 loss to the Vineyard would be an encouraging sign, I think, for, for the Sturgis West squad. It'd be encouraging, but, I mean, it would still be... <laughs> a loss, you know, and, and I think that's the thing is maybe those doubles teams can pair. I think, you know, the Vineyards doubles, two doubles team is much newer to varsity play. And there's been some fluctuation as who that is week to week. And even the one doubles pair, you know, are the two doubles team from last year, but it doesn't matter that much because their singles team of Kelly Claren, Victoria Scott and Hannah Rabaska are really, really, really strong and it's going to take one of them having an off night for the Vineyard to lose any match this season. Right. So we'll certainly see how that pans out. But, um, you know, speaking of Sturgis real quick, I neglected to mention this week we're going to have some. There goes our sign. <laughs> That's a sign we're about to wrap it up. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got some Sturgis West versus Sturgis East uh, lacrosse. Yeah, lacrosse happening at Simpkins Field. So always interested to see when these two schools go head-to-head. -head. Um, so check that out. I believe they're playing Tuesday. Cool. Um, so. I think I'll just about wrap it up. Um, if you missed any of the live show of Cape Sports Now, you can check it out on our website, capecottimes.com slash capesportsnow. Um, you can also download the show on Apple, Google Play, anywhere where podcasts are found. Um, you can also check out our Facebook page, too. Um, big thing this week is going to be going on our Twitter page. We'll have all the updates on weather. It looks like we're going to have more rain this week. So Probably. Um, go to our Twitter page at, at SportsCCT um, for the latest updates on games, cancellations, um, rescheduling scores whatever. scores, whatever you need. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter at, at Steve underscore Derdarian. My last name's D E R D E R I A N. And I'm at Matt Goisman C C T M A T T G O I S M A N C C T. Thanks a lot. We'll see you again next week.